Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Last week, we left you with an assignment to go through your week considering what's working and what's not working in your mothering with your children. Where are the behaviors a struggle over and over? Where are these patterns of things that are not working? So I'm hoping you were able to do that. If you are not with us last week, you'll want to go back and listen to last week's episode before you listen to this one, because this is going to be a continuation of a conversation that I started with my mom about tools of discipline with older children. So we're talking about elementary age, maybe middle school age kids here. And even this conversation last time and this time is kind of building on some that we also talked about in episode 33, where we talked about tools of discipline with younger children, when you think about toddlers and preschool age children. So if you have not yet listened to those episodes, I would recommend you go back, listen to those first. This is going to be just an excellent continuation of our conversation from last week. And if you did listen and you got to make a list of some of the things that are working and not working, I am so excited to be back because I think that this conversation is going to really help you with the next step of your mothering and moving forward in the way that I know you want to be. So I'm so glad to have my mom back with me again today. Her name is Connie to the rest of you. She's mom to me. Uh, She raised myself and my three younger siblings. And I am so thankful that we have the friendship that we still do today. And I'm so blessed to be able to look to her for encouragement in my mothering and so honored to be able to bring her to all of you as well. So thank you again, mom, so much for being back with us. I'm so glad to be here, hon. All right. So moving right on into the next part of our conversation is the idea that you need to work with your spouse on this, that Mm -hmm. you have a partner that you are on a team with, that this is a team front. And I think that's one of my favorite things of raising children as they get older is they notice that. And there's this realization that, oh man, mom and dad are on a team in this. (laughs) And it's so beautiful to see how there's an element of, I think, respect that really grows as they watch the way that you're a team in your parenting. So let's talk about that. How do you work with your spouse in parenting? Well, I think, you know, I was the one that was at home with you guys Mm -hmm. all day while dad was at work. Um, But he just was really such a wonderful support to me while I was raising you guys. He was always there to, you know, uh, I don't know, step up and encourage Mm -hmm. you guys to do what needs to be done. You know, he was he was the one I would think, oh, they're having fun playing. But he'd be the one that would notice the house has become a disaster and she's going to let them all just go to bed and then she's going to clean all this up because she'll think, Oh, they don't want to do it. And I can just do it faster. And that's not good for them. It's not good for me. It's not good for her mom. So, (laughs) um, so he would tell you guys, okay, everybody stop what you're doing. We're going to take 10 minutes and clean up. And that was always such a blessing to me. And you guys didn't really mind. And dad kind of made things like that fun somehow. So maybe just hearing it. 
<laughs> Maybe just hearing a different voice yeah. instead of mine all day. I think that's a real thing that we hear. They hear my voice all day long. And for them to hear dad's voice say something is different. There's something different about that. And that's a different thing working as a team with your spouse. As your children are growing older, we talked about in the last conversation that not all discipline has to be immediate as children grow older. And actually, sometimes there's more power in having it wait. And when there were times that I knew, we're going to talk with dad about this when he gets home or when we had that conversation here it takes things up to a whole new level. Like that's a new playing field. If we're waiting to talk when, with dad, when he gets home and I picture, we don't have the chairs like you guys did in your bed, doing your bedroom, <laughs> the grandpa and grandma chairs, but we have spaces that work just as well. Uh-huh. But man, that feeling of sitting on the bed and you being in one chair and dad being in the other, like this is serious business now. And so it's important, important to be a team with your spouse and also to remember that your spouse is on your team. And so if there's an area that when you went through your list of things and made your list of things that aren't working, rather than thinking, oh man, I failed in these things. I'm not doing a good job. Look at all these areas that aren't working. Make a time that you and your spouse can look at those together because they have a different perspective. I've, I come, I sometimes think about the parenting as though the the fighting that took place in trenches and that when you were the one in the trenches during those wars, doing the fighting, all you could see was what was in the trenches or just over, but someone who was on top or in a different place had a completely different perspective than you. And sometimes when we're in the trenches of the day to day of motherhood and in the trenches of the struggles, we're not seeing it through the same lens as our husbands would And sometimes I need to trust saying, what do you think is going on with this? Cause I don't, I don't know. And then maybe at the same time, humbly be willing to try something that would be different than what I would have come up with because God gave them to both of us as parents, not just to me. And it's interesting how the perspectives can be so different because there were times when dad would say, you got to quit letting her get away with this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and he would be the tough guy. But there were also times when he would say to me, you know what? That is not a big deal. (laughs) This is like the nicest child I've ever been around. Let's not choose to camp out on that issue. Mm -hmm. So it's good good to have two sets of eyes looking at the same situation. Mm -hmm. Well, and and that also, it also helps with consistency when you have both of you working on it, because then if you've agreed, this is how we're going to do things. And then you're not. Because like real life, it's tiring. Like sometimes you're just tired Mm -hmm. or you have a different agenda for your day that you've got a list of these things to do. And that child's behavior was not on it today. Mm -hmm. And then they start with these things and it's really easy to just kind of put it by the wayside. And sometimes for us, my husband will be the one to see it and be like, Hey, are we, we still doing that? We, you know? (laughs) We still doing that parenting thing about that? And I'll be like, oh yeah. Cause we kind of can become uh sometimes kind of kind of used to some of the things because we're just around it all the time and realize, oh dear, I did. I let this become normal. When did I let that become normal? Yeah. Things things like um like a whining child. Yeah. A child who's whining, and you just get to where you're just used to hearing them whine all day. Mm-hmm. And then it takes dad to say, Do you realize that? 
she whines all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and first I can remember kind of being defensive and then realizing, oh, he's actually right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, and you know, if you happen to have a whiner, this is not really on the conversation exactly, but a lot of times they don't even know they're doing it. It's a habit for them. And you could just say, Hey, you know what? Try a different voice mm-hmm. and have them keep trying until they find that correct voice. And you'll say, there it is. That's your voice. <laughs> and, uh, we lost it. Yeah, we couldn't find it, but there it is. That's <laughs> the one I was wanting to hear. But, mm-hmm. um, but one more thing about the, the mom and dad teamwork is also you need to use it. I would, I would really encourage you to have a, have a serious conversation with your husband sometime and say, could we agree that we will allow each other to say, you know, mom, I think you're really actually, he can whisper in your ear. He wouldn't want to say it in front of the children, but Mm -hmm. you're really getting uh, overheated in this situation. Mm -hmm. I think you need to go take a break and let me take care of the kids while I'm home here. Um, Or I could say the same thing to him Mm -hmm. that he would, he would trust me to say to him, you know, I think you're really getting mad right now and you shouldn't. I think you need to take a break and let me take care of this situation. Yeah. We kind of have a code for that. So our code is, can we talk offline for a minute? Which means, <laughs> can we talk away from them for a uh-huh. minute? Uh-huh. And again, since we're normally dealing with children who are a little older, they can wait, uh-huh. let them wait, let them, let them stew in whatever curiosity they have about the conversation that you're having because <laughs> yeah. it will help in the long run. Yeah. Um, okay. So consistency that we do have to be consistent and um, we can't just let things, let things go and let things slide. Right. And we kind of, we kind of brought this up uh, in the last, on the last show that um, the last podcast thinking about if you've realized you're not being consistent Mm -hmm. and it's something you've already talked to your kids about, then you can, uh, you can go to them again and say, you know, I am so sorry. I told you, that I was going to really work hard to get you in bed every night at eight o'clock so that you could get up at the right time in the morning. And I have not been good at it. So I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So tonight we're going to do better at that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in and talk about some discipline. So I think one area of discipline that's extremely important is talking about preventative discipline and how so much of our discipline can, or training, I should say so much of our, cause Discipline sounds so consequence focused, but realizing that discipline really comes from the idea of discipleship Mm -hmm. and discipleship is training. So if I think of this as discipleship, it's really the forefront of training is going to be preventative discipline. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So I think, you know, just living in your home, living in a very, you know, a loving atmosphere in your home. Mm -hmm. We talked before about rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And if you don't have a loving home, it's hard to have a close relationship with your children. And I just think it's just amazing that what just walking by a child and rubbing their head or patting their back or giving them a squeeze or kissing the top of their head when you walk by, Mm -hmm. what that does for the atmosphere of a home. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about trying to be helping them to know that we're on the same team. And I think just those physical things do that. 
Um, I think the other thing is to think about how would you feel if you were in your child's shoes? Mm. Um, they're childish because they're children. Um, there's a verse that there's verses that talk about when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, when I grew older, I put away those childish ways. We want to help them. They are children. And I think that sometimes we need to ask ourselves, is this behavior that I'm seeing that is not right? Is it defiant or is it just childish? Mm -hmm. That's something that I've actually started even saying out loud when I see the behavior is I'll even say, goodness gracious, you are being so childish about whatever it is. And not, not in a way that's condescending in a way that's silly and lighthearted because sometimes childish behavior still needs to be addressed and redirected. Uh Uh, but it's a way of saying it that keeps it light, lighthearted, um, like someone forgetting their shoes when it's time to go somewhere. And, you know, we get in the car, are we ready to go? And we all start driving literally down the street and someone says, wait, I forgot my shoes. And instead of saying, are you kidding me? But <laughs> saying, well, here we go. Let's go back and get them. And like, I'm, and then they feel so bad too. I'm so sorry, mom. Like, you know what? It is okay. I have forgotten things before too. Let's get those shoes. And with that said too, I think a lot of the things that are childish that result in us being frustrated is when we don't have margin built in, which I am like the, I feel like, what's that verse where he, where like Paul says, like, I am a sinner of sinners. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, there are people who say, look to me for advice on this. I need to have someone else on my podcast to talk about using margin all the time, because I am not great at working margin into everything. But I will say when I do have margin worked into our day, that is the time that those childish behaviors don't result in me getting frustrated or thinking that I need to use that as a training moment when really it was just childish, but childish behavior takes time out of our days. And and I think that, um, that just what you're saying, thinking about the margin in your days and things like that, it's really important as we're analyzing, as moms are thinking through what's working, what's not working, include in that kind of evaluation when do these things happen? Is it mm-hmm. always when I'm like, okay, we have to leave right now. Is that when everything falls apart? So, you know, a lot of times it's what's going on around mm-hmm. the child that starts causing kind of behavioral things. But I think uh, talking about like the shoes, for example, that actually <laughs> shoes in particular, but also other things that that's such a great example of childish behavior Mm -hmm. um, is forgetting things. Well, I have always had trouble with forgetting things. And so that's actually an easy one for me. I've always been very, I mean, you probably never remember me getting frustrated with you for forgetting things Mm -hmm. because I always did (laughs) and still do. And so um, I've always been very patient with children about that, but it really is. It's, it's a real thing. And it's really frustrating for parents. It's frustrating when you get somewhere and they don't have what they're supposed to have, or you get home and realize they left their things behind, Mm -hmm. which was very common in our family. And, um, I, um, just made up little funny little rhymes and things like that with you guys to help you remember things. 
And it's so funny. I did it for so long that it still sticks in my head (laughs) that on Sunday mornings, when I start to leave to go to church, I like to take my Bible and I like to take my journal. And so Krista, do you know what's going through my head? Book and Bible, book and Bible. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Because when we went to Awana's or whatever the Bible memory verse, we were in different Mm -hmm. churches when you were younger that didn't have Awana, but another program where you needed to take a book and Bible. So before we would start to leave, I would just start saying book and Bible, book and Bible, book Mm -hmm. and Bible. And so you guys would go through the house and that little rhyme, that little rhythm is going through your head. So you remember to get to the door with your book and Bible Mm -hmm. and um, other things like when you would go to bed at night, do you remember what I told you guys to do to go upstairs? The triplet. The the triplet. What do you remember what the triplet was? Uh, Brush your teeth, go potty. Yeah. Get on pajamas. Yes. That was the triplet. (laughs) (laughs) So it just, it helped you to know there's three things that I have to do. And so you would hopefully remember to do those three things. Um, And even things like, I remember um, one of my children often left his jacket or his Bible at church. Mm -hmm. And it just, how could I punish him when he would be the one that two days later would cry and say, I did it again. What's yeah. wrong with me? And he was nicer than all the rest of us. So. <laughs> um, but so I would just tell him sometimes, like if we were going to church, for example, I would say, okay, let's think about this. How many things are you taking in with you? Hmm. And so he would say two, I'm taking my jacket and my Bible. So I would say, okay, try really hard when you leave to think how many things two. I need mm-hmm. to take two things. And that really helped. Mm-hmm. And those sound like silly little things, but it's actually giving your children like accommodation tools mm-hmm. and they start learning in their adult lives. They're, you know, when they're in college, Yeah. okay, I've got to remember to bring these things. What can I do to help myself remember? Yeah. One thing that we've done that's similar to that, and it's kind of something that you did too, is we've used systems with bags as oh, a way yeah. to help, help with that. So everyone on, I'll try to post it this week. Cause it's so cute on Sundays, everyone has a backpack, uh, except for my son. He does not want to, but that's okay. But everyone else, the, the girls all have backpacks and in their backpacks are their Bibles and a handful of things that they would like to do during their time that they're you know, the, the playtime that they have at church. So they normally have some poppets and things like that in them, but everyone has their backpack on and it also holds their Bible bucks because they can earn Bible bucks. And it has been such a useful thing for them to know this is the, these are the things I keep in my bag for this place. And this is where I put it when we get home. So we have a place where you hang it and then it gets back in the car with us after you know, when it's time to go to church on Sunday. But instead of me having to say, have you found this? Do you have this? We know, oh, it's all in that bag already. And the same thing, our Wednesday night thing that we go to has its own bag and that bag hangs up. And that helps a lot having some systems in place. And sometimes the things that aren't working where there are stressors, it may not even be that there needs to be a major behavior change. Maybe you just need to come up with a system that will work and, you know, buy a hook to hang the bag on, whatever it is, but figure out what system needs to go into place to allow us to avoid this pitfall that we're falling into regularly here. Or maybe what new boundaries do I need to put up? 
somewhere along the way, I realized that when chores were being done, there were also, there was an expectation that shows should be able to be watched at the same time, whether it be on the iPad and watching, you know, some dude perfect on YouTube while doing the chore or on the TV. And I realized, wait a minute, when did this happen? That this became a thing? Cause our chores are not being done to the efficiency that they should be. And so I had to put up some new parameters and I realized it was on me. Like I let this start happening. So I had to re-put up some parameters to get us back into the lane that I wanted us in. And that wasn't bad behavior. It just wasn't working best. Yeah. And I do think, again, we talked about this last time, I'm always like stepping back and looking at things. Why was I so frustrated today? Oh, because Mm -hmm. it took 30 minutes for people to get their shoes. Oh, you know, instead of my children keeping their shoes upstairs in their rooms, why don't I keep their shoes handy where they actually need them? So we had a shoe cabinet Mm -hmm. in our laundry room and that's where everybody, all the kids kept their shoes was in the shoe cabinet because they never needed their shoes upstairs in their rooms. Mm -hmm. So little things like that, that we changed along the way and the bag system was great. Yeah. And I mentioned, I know I mentioned margin a little bit ago and I said, I'm not very good at it, but I should actually give myself a little bit of credit. So I remember I talked with you just last week about the margin of time that it takes us to get out of the house well. And that for us, we're about 15 to 20 minutes away from most everywhere we go, which is just kind of funny how that works. But that I've realized if I start our process of getting ready to leave the house an hour before we need to be there, then it works. Because the amount of time that it takes for me, for us to unload the car at whatever the location is joyfully and with space for someone to fall out of the car (laughs) and someone to, you know, bonk their head on something and someone to not be able to find their water bottle. When you have five people, there's a lot of variables that can happen. (laughs) Like even if there's just one thing with each person, that's a lot of things. And to be getting into the car with a joyful heart and with a nice attitude, I don't want to be setting us up to do things in a way that's going to have us be all grumpy and frazzled when we're finally getting in the car and it takes an hour. So for me, from start, from the start to finish, which I guess I know that. It's, it's really great that you do know it. And what you just said too, about getting in the car all frazzled and everything So then you're going to arrive 15 or 20 minutes. You're going to arrive Mm -hmm. at wherever it is. And then you're going to smile happily at the people there and act like nothing just happened, that you Mm -hmm. were all frazzled. And I think those are the kinds of things that if we go back to the heart of discipline and talk about setting an example of a godly godly lifestyle Mm -hmm. to your children, I don't ever, I never wanted you guys to see me as being hypocritical, you know, Mm -hmm. mom's been a real jerk all the way getting in the car while we were driving here. She was griping at us because we were late Mm -hmm. and now we get here and she's all cheerful with everyone else. I really wanted to be the same person all places. And so if that meant setting up that extra time or whatever it took, Mm -hmm. it's important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about consequences. Um, A consequence is so important in training because it is an element of training when the behaviors are not being corrected. There does, there do have to be consequences, but oftentimes we forfeit those when our children get older, for some reason, 
we start thinking that they need to hear more from our mouths and that we probably should use more words and talk more. So let's, let's talk about the difference of a consequence versus a lecture because they're not the same. <laughs> no, they're really not. And it really is a waste of your breath. Um, uh, by the time a child is around six, even probably most, a lot of it, mm-hmm. even five, they really know the basics of what is right and what is wrong. I mean, obviously they don't know everything. There's still, but it's more fine tuning once they get to be about five or six. Um, they really know what's right and wrong and they're more dealing with self-control. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's really no need for much explanation you want to listen to and reflect their feelings and then state the consequence. And it doesn't take a lot of words. Um, I can tell you're super disappointed, but you know what? You can't kick the wall. So take a deep deep breath while you go to get a towel and clean the wall. Mm -hmm. You don't need to say, you don't need to say anything more, you know, you can tell me why you were so frustrated with your sister, but you know, there's never a reason to hit her. So you will be punished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in some ways, not in some ways, actually entirely, it puts you in a place of control when you stay in control, but when you lose control and you start, are you kidding me? Why in the world would you kick the wall? whatever all the things are that that you're just going to start spouting out. Like you just gave them the power in the situation. And we have even said that we forfeited the opportunity to train because we wasted it on our words. Mm -hmm. So they know, so none of this is done. None of the consequences are done in heightened emotion. And we already talked about that with the yelling and stuff in the last episode And then also that they have a clear understanding of what was done wrong. And what we do is we'll say, okay, do you understand why are you in trouble? And there have been times that even at six, they are like, I don't know. (laughs) And we'll have to walk back through. Well, let's think, you know, and you start back at the point A, you know, A, B, C, and then, oh, (laughs) and I've even had some of those conversations with my older kids when there's times that they're like, I have no idea why you're making such a big deal out of this. Uh And then when I explain it or walk them through the step-by-step, then they understand, but they do have to understand what's done wrong. And you also have to know your child. And I think that that actually would be an excellent episode to do another time about being a student of your child, Mm -hmm. that the more you're with them, the more you know them, because having multiple children who are in this age range now, there are different behaviors and different types of consequences for, for each of them. Even though we have systems in place, their hearts are all so different because God made them each different. A hundred percent. And I, I wish that I could, you know, all moms, we wish that we could just say, Oh, I just always did this perfectly because I knew my children but gosh, I have memories. The, the good thing, probably child number three and four got treated a lot better than you and Brandon, the first two, <laughs> you and Brandon, because I had more experience and I had failed mm-hmm. with the two of you. And so I didn't, I learned from my mistakes, but I, I have a very distinct memory of punishing um, one of my children too quickly when this little girl came up and said to me, um, that Brandon had called her a poo-poo head. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I thought, I have never heard my child say this. And it was one of those times, what you were talking about, we were talking about a minute ago, we were rushing from one place to another. I was taking this child home. She'd been at our house playing. And she said, Brandon called me a poo-poo head. So I had her get in the car. I took Brandon away from the car. And I looked at him and said, don't you ever call anybody a name like that. And I gave him a swat on the bottom and he got back in the car and we went to the girl's house. We dropped her off. And after we dropped her off, Brandon's sitting back there with a little tear in his eye. And I said, I cannot believe you said that. And he said, well, she said, Krista is a poo-poo head. And I said, nuh-uh, you are. <laughs> oh, my god! And you died. <laughs> oh, I just hated myself. I mean, here it's been, you know, Brandon's nearly... How old are you guys? He's 33 and I still remember it. It's he's horrible. not calling people poo-poo heads though. I'm no, sure he's that. never done that again. <laughs> I don't think he ever did it in the first place. But anyway, I uh, obviously, yeah. I got out of the car and I hugged him and I apologized. But what I learned from that is if my child is accused of doing something that seems really out of character for mm-hmm. him or her, then maybe I should learn a little bit more about the situation mm-hmm. before I jump all over it. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about the character of our kids, which I didn't realize I do as often as I do, but I will say things like when I see them do something that's really out of their character, I'll even say, you know, that is not in your character to be like that. That's not the kind of kid you are. And it's so sweet because my sweet six-year-old will say things like, oh, I'm sure they didn't do that. That is not in their character. And (laughs) have you heard her say this? She said, she said it to me the other day. Oh, yeah. she, wa- she wanted me to <laughs> she wanted me to climb back into the third seat of your minivan to sit with her. And I always say yes pretty much to anything she asked me to do. And so I'm, I was sitting in the, your middle seat and she said, Nana, would you sit back here with me? And I said, no. And her face looked so funny and she said, Nana, that's not in your character. <laughs> I said, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I just don't really want to climb all the way over the seat right now. <laughs> that's funny. She also said about you one day when she was going to your house not too long ago one day, she said something about having a treat. And I said, have you guys talked about that there's going to be a treat? I said, no, but it's in her character to give us a treat when we're at her house. <laughs> it is in my character. She's correct. Mm-hmm. But so I think that's an important thing is to speak into character out loud to them so that they know about that and affirm the things you want to see in them. I said before bedtime the other night, I said, I know that you are going to be still and be quiet. Those are our two bedtime rules. Be still and be quiet because that is the kind of girl you are. You are the kind of girl who obeys, who is still and who is quiet. This was to my three-year-old and I'm just like, putting it out there. Cause she doesn't listen to my podcast. That is not the kind of girl she is. She is not still, and she is not quiet, but I'm going to speak that into her, that truth that I want to see so that her heart knows and believes my mom believes that I am the kind of girl who can obey, who can be still and be quiet. And, um, she was not indeed still or quiet that night, but she was tonight. So, uh, I think speaking into their character and knowing their character is and, so important. And I think also, again, that's kind of letting them know you're on their team. Oh yeah. So then if, if you, she did, 
if she did fail that night Mm -hmm. for you to punish her in whatever Mm -hmm. way, whatever the consequences are, but then for you to give her a hug and say, you know what, I know you'll be able to do better tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. And that's exactly what happened. And okay. Types of consequences. Let's talk about this. So there's natural consequences, which sometimes are just the natural things we said, don't do this. You did it. And this is what happened. So now as a result, you have to stay with me because I can't trust that you can go by yourself because you walked too far. I said, don't go that far. And you did. So now you have to stay with me. So you just lost the privilege of being able to have space to walk around while we're at the store. Cause I said, you can't go that far. You know, or sometimes, so that- sometimes they're even more natural than that. Like I remember telling Megan one time, I don't think you should bring that little purse with you tonight because oh, I'm yeah. afraid you're going to lose it. And she was just determined. It was just so important to her to bring that little purse. And I looked at the purse and thought, oh, I don't care if she loses it. So we went to this place that night. Sure enough, she left the purse. And the natural consequence was she doesn't have the purse anymore. And I, I didn't say, see, I told you. Yeah. I just, I, I was on her team and I said, I'm so sorry, honey. I know mm-hmm. that's super disappointing. Yeah. I guess, te- I guess mine was more of a logical consequence yeah. because I'm not going back to my established discipline plan in that setting because that's not a good place to do it. I'm not going to say while we're at, you know, the store and looking for shoes. If I say you can look, but you need to stay within the space where I can see you right here. And the child goes too far. I'm not going to say, okay, well now you need to do nine up downs. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the last episode. Cause we talk about that. Um, but I, it would be a, a logical consequence to say, okay, well now you have to stay with me by the cart because I don't think it's safe for you to be that far. You could have gotten hurt or, you know, been taken or whatever. So that would be more of a logical consequence. Yeah, and then, or- Or even things like, I I just want to be sure people get concrete examples of maybe when you're getting ready for bed at night and your child just keeps playing with a particular toy, Mm. you might have to say, oh, you know, I can tell that that toy, that one in particular is very distracting to you. So tomorrow we're just not going to get to play with that one because it was Mm -hmm. so distracting, but we'll try again. We'll try again the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then with, especially when you're dealing with your strong will child, you have to go back to your pre-established plan because it can just be infuriating. And I think that in those moments, our reasoning oftentimes goes out the window. And if we're trying to come up with a logical consequence over and over, there is nothing more frustrating than in a moment of training, even if, even if you said, I'm going to have you go to your room. I'm going to take a minute, especially if you have other children and you're taking a minute and making sure you're keeping the toddler content and thinking, okay, what's your punishment this time for talking back? Well, you talked back about this thing. So what should I take away or whatever? You can't do that every time. So if you don't have a plan, you and your husband need to talk about it and come up with a plan that's your pre-established plan that you can go back to. And, mm-hmm. and do go back and listen to our conversation about raising a strong-willed child because it was a really, it will be very helpful for you. Um, all right, let's wrap things up talking about just a little bit. What would you say to the mom who says, okay, this is all great, but I'm still so overwhelmed. I'm still so discouraged. It's really hard. And maybe, maybe with one, maybe with all of the children or just with one in particular, just thinking, did I miss it? Like, did I blow it that you're this old and we're just having so many struggles still? What encouragement would you give to her? Well, we talked a little bit about this on the last um, 
the last recording, but just um, I would really recommend, as Chris and I talked about before, that you actually write out what are your issues, and you really might be surprised to find that it's not everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably just a few things and it maybe could even be boiled down to one thing. And while you, um, have been thinking it's all about your child and that you're out of control because you can't control this child, it could actually be some about you. Um, and that is something that you can control because mm-hmm. it's you And it might be your expectations. Are you expecting too much or too little from your child? Um, Or maybe you're just not following through. You've come up with some good ideas, but you recognize I'm not good at follow through. What can you do to help yourself follow through? Whatever Mm -hmm. the issues are, pray over them and ask God. This is the God who loves you and your child. Ask him to help you resolve the issues Um, and And to be at work, ask him to be at work in your heart and in your husband's heart and your child's Mm -hmm. heart and continue to pray. And I think you'll be really surprised when you come up with some super creative idea. Mm -hmm. And for a minute, you're going to think, I am so brilliant. Why did I not think of this before? And then you're going to remember, oh, because it was God's idea and it was a gift from him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And remembering with that too, that the Lord gifted us these children. They are on loan to us for a time. And that since he gave them to us, we want him to be the one that's at work in their hearts anyway. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, then the Holy Spirit will lead us. And I think that there's an element of trust in that, that in some ways it would be nice to be able to have a book that I could say, so read this book. And then you'll know just what to do, but your child is going to have their own manual and the Lord will, the Lord absolutely will lead. And I think about, there's a verse in Proverbs, it's Proverbs two, six. It says for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And that ultimately that's, that's the wisdom we want because this is a marathon. This is long-term. This is not a short-term goal where our goal is to be raising adults who know and love and serve the Lord, not just children who act perfectly, even though that sure does feel good in the moment. And remembering again, going back to that verse that we, I read at the very beginning of the first conversation about this to train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I would like to close uh, mom by just saying a prayer for these moms and for the Lord to just lead them clearly. But thank you mom so much for joining us. This has been great. Sure. It's been wonderful. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly father. I thank you that you are our father and that you are the father of our children, that you knit them together so perfectly with their perfect intricate differences and designs and their strengths and their weaknesses and with our strengths and our weaknesses. I think about how every child has sharpened me in ways that I didn't even see that I had weaknesses. And I know we'll continue to, as my sweet little one just can still do no wrong in his precious little, you know, 15 month old self. But I know there will come a day that those behaviors will start and it will begin to illuminate things in me that you have work to do in me. And I pray Lord for the mom who's listening to this conversation, who just feels overwhelmed or discouraged. I pray that you bring 
bring her your truth, lead her to you. Holy spirit work in her heart. As she seeks you, I believe that you will make yourself known to her. I pray for unity between she and her husband. I pray that you speak clearly to them and give them wisdom and knowing how they can best be training these dear children to be the disciples that you have called them to be, to do the work that you have prepared in advance for them. Thank you, Lord, for trusting us with your children. What a gift it is. What a privilege it is to be moms, one that we do not take lightly. Even just listening to this conversation, just choosing to take this on as something that's important shows how seriously this mom is taking this. So please encourage her heart in the work that you're going to do and lead her clearly so that she can follow and do the hard work that's ahead, but that she is not alone, that you will be there with her every step of the way. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. See you next week, friends. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.